Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Gypsy Poet Radio. I'm the Gypsy Poet. And this evening, we are featuring a musical artist who has mesmerized audiences across the USA and continues to rock the world in his own way. He's a music educator, a low-brass artist, a vocalist, a long-time friend and mentor, and most importantly, a COVID-19 survivor. Please welcome the one, the only, and the incredible, Ron Wilkins. So while we are waiting for Mr. Wilkins to call in, I just want to say um, thank you so much for tuning in. You can find GPR on iHeart.com. You can find it on iTunes as well as um, um, anywhere podcasts are accessible, including Spotify as well as uh, Pandora and, of course, the direct link that you can find here. And I would like to give a couple of shout-outs to some people this evening who have been uh, watching and listening to GPR, of course, to my friend Linda Welchel. Thank you so much for putting hearts and and on on all the posts when it comes down to tonight's show, as well as to the class of 2020. I want to say congratulations to, and one particular graduate is Laura Gonzalez. Girl, congratulations on graduating from, uh, from U of H with a degree in art history, your master's, by the way, which is a huge accomplishment. So congratulations on that, girly. You deserve the best. You are the best, okay? So uh, while we're waiting on Mr. Wilkins to call in, I just want to make a couple of announcements. I want to say thank you to Pete Pitts for also tuning in and being part of GPR last week. And this coming week we also have Russ Adams, who is a – um, who's a part of the Jim Henson Jim Henson's Creature Shop, which I'm very very pleased that he's going to be on the program as well. So, everyone who has been on GPR has now grown into becoming part of my GPR family. So, it, what a wonderful opportunity to have that! And as well, I want to thank to Catherine Coven Pacino, who's been uh, promoting my show and sharing the links and putting comments and. And doing all sorts of things to get people's attention on it, to get GPR out there. So my gratitude is immense for that as well. And as I'm looking around on Facebook, I'm seeing a lot of support for my show. So I cannot thank you guys enough for passing it along, as well as on Twitter. So there's been uh, Twitter and Instagram are two of my other places that you can reach me. So anything labeled under Gypsy Poet Radio, you can find it on every social media platform. So thank you guys so much for supporting what I do. And, of course, I want to send a special shout-out to my friend David Porfirio out in the Jersey area. Thank you. You have been an amazing act, and you've done some some incredible work. I have noticed your stuff, David. You are truly a talent. Uh, but I have to admit I also love your artwork. So that is something that is very, very well-deserved as you um, and as, as I see you progress and evolve even more. Um, among other things, so while we're waiting for Mr. Wilkins to call in, he told me he's going to be calling in shortly. Um, I just want to put it out there that GPR is on every social media platform, and you can also find it on every podcast platform that there is. And if you look it up on Google, if you just type in Gypsy Poet Radio, pop, it just pops up right away. So be sure to tune in Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, depending on uh, what my guest wants to do. I'm very pleased and I'm very privileged 
and honored to have each and every guest that calls in uh, to tell their story and to be a part of the GPR world. Anyways, among other things, um, please, people, stay safe during this time. Please wear uh, your protective gear when it comes down to your face. Also, uh, practice social distancing uh, six feet apart from people because COVID-19, especially in the Bear County area in San Antonio, Texas, it is rising, unfortunately. And I would like to advise you, please, to stay safe in terms of uh, make sure if you're doing any outside activities that they are essential ones uh, so you, uh, you, you prevent your, yourself and others from, from, uh, from having anything to do with this ailment that is going around. I also want to send a shout-out to my friend, Saul Iruegas. Uh, you are in, you're always in my heart, my piano brother. You are truly a gift to this world. And I just hope that you have a, um, a, a wonderful evening. I know that uh, you're going through a difficult time right now, and you are one of my closest friends. And I just want to give a lot of love and a major shout-out to you as well. All righty. It looks like Mr. Wilkins is in. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. What's happening? I'm good, Mr. Wilkins. How are you doing? Hey, I'm good, Stephanie. Good to talk to you. I'm glad that we could go ahead and do this tonight. Absolutely. I'm I'm eager and ready to do this. I am so excited that you're on the program this evening. So you are live on the air and I'm I'm ecstatic. And it is such Hello? a joy to have you on. Come on. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, well, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna be giving ourselves the major backpats here as we go too. So, I'm I'm mm-hmm. good with it. I'm just glad to have the opportunity to be with you. It's been a long time, sister. Oh yes, it has, my friend. So you you yeah, just jumped into my first question. <laughs> oh, uh, my God. first question. How long has it been? Yes. It's been that long. Yeah. The question is, we go back a long way since the days of UTSA. What has happened to you musically? Let's get into the music. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, I've grown a lot. Um, mm-hmm. part, of, part of my deal is that, you know, before UTSA was uh, North Texas uh, mm-hmm. for most of the undergraduate work, and then uh, within a, the stretch of a 10-year career in the Air Force Band, I was able to go ahead and go back to UTSA to finish my bachelor's degree. So I came in with a lot of experience having worked first as a, a teacher and then, you know, doing the, the whole military service deal. And uh, at the tail end of it, being able to go ahead and going back into it, where I'm an older student with a, a lot more ability and talent than before just because I've had a lot of time to hone it. So, I mean, it was, it was cool. I, I, I got along with the faculty and the students pretty well. But overall, uh, hanging out with uh, – my good friend, Dr. Robert Rustowitz, who ran the band section as well as the wind ensemble. Uh, mm-hmm. He and I, he and I are both former uh, bandsmen. He had, uh, in his case was a Navy bandsman. And I of course was air force. So we got a chance to talk a lot about things in terms of repertoire and study and life after the military. And uh, the things in particular I got from him were valuable. Oh, Awesome. What a joy. And speaking of Robert Westerwitz, he was one of my favorite people as well. My fa- I, I used to call him my favorite Polish conductor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's just, you know, to me, it's like Doc Bob. We'd go yes, ahead and exactly. get the hang and such. And uh, occasionally have the malted hop beverage. Uh, we'd, we'd sit mm-hmm. back like um, 
on a Friday after everything was done and step away to this place called Hills and Dales and, you know, just kind of like hang out and just talk shop about family and living. Oh, and uh, awesome. he's, he's always been a, he's a dear friend and a mentor. But, you know, after the stuff that I did from there, after UTSA, then I finished my time in the Air Force Band. Uh, and then from there, I started working on the teaching side of the house uh, with private students, pretty much what I call hanging the shingle out. Uh, but the, one of the best parts of it was that I had all this experience and all these different instruments that I could play, aside from just a tenor trombone. So I started getting calls to do more show work. So oh, here I was wow. in the early 90s playing all these different shows, like uh, this one called Sugar Babies with uh, two of the late great actors of their day, Mickey Rooney and, uh-huh. and uh, the, the actress Ann Miller who was also known as Million Dollar Legs because she was a dancer who had this mm. incredible physique. Of course, you know, uh, you know, it's all about advertisement and how to place it. But these guys came on and did like an old, like an old vaudeville type show. And some of that music that I had to play at that time was so difficult because I'm going from everything from ragtime to swing to, uh, you know, and the various levels of swing from like the 30s and 40s where it's a little bit more um, happy the Lindy Hoppers, all the way to a little bit more elegant, refined style, with then some classical in the middle of it. Key changes all over the place. And because of the experience I had from UTSA, from the military bands, those things prepared me for being able to play shows like that. And then it just went from there to doing concerts, with backing up the Four Tops with The Temptations, Ray Charles, Aretha Franklin. Um, oh, my gosh. Uh, Johnny Mathis, the uh, the 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 Bob Hope, um, it, it's it's you know, after the first few, I started getting a little fuzzy on it just because there's so many. But uh-huh. then all the Broadway shows too. I mean, playing the Lion King when it came and toured here for like six weeks in San Antonio, and I played every night. Um, I mean, amazing experiences and playing different types of music that originated from different cultures, but was put into the Broadway context. Like Lion King, as I mentioned, where you had a lot of uh, of African instruments incorporated into a Broadway pit, where you have these modern sounds, everything very orchestral, and and yet uh, when you started getting into some of the dance in your grooves, uh, it was just like joyous, wonderful stuff. So I mean, for me, doing all that stuff and coming out of UTSA. Uh, it gave me some immense opportunities to be able to go ahead and play wide varieties of music, uh, different genres, and to be able to always work to be able to get better at them in the process of playing them. Uh, spent a lot of time uh, practicing. You know, they they talk about if you really want to get good at it, something, you put in ten thousand hours. Yeah, so I figured that, you know, I passed that by the time I was in my late thirties. And from there, it's just been the, the journey of being able to continue growing, not just as a musician, but as a person, and to be able to, to put a lot more things together. Um, you know, after that, the experiences from, from where I was then to where I went now and living in New York City and playing Broadway shows, moved there originally in 2012, uh, had to come back to get a kidney transplant in 2014, moved back in 2015, and uh, had been there playing shows on Broadway and uh, having a, an incredible time meeting the musicians who I'd read about or checked out on albums and such and knowing that I was right there with them uh, in the middle of it. 
I made some great friends in the process and played with a ton of amazing bands, including the Count Basie Orchestra, uh, the Vanguard Jazz Orchestra, which used to be the Fat Jones Mel Lewis big band. Um, the, I'm a regular musician playing with the Dizzy Gillespie All-Star Big Band, uh, led by the great bassist and uh, composer, artist, and producer John Lee, who's on my new album coming out. We'll get to that later. Oh. I mean, there's just, you know, an incredible amount of experiences that I've been very, very honored and privileged to have received. But I also came to realize, too, from when I was a kid, it's not about taking advantage of them, but making the most of it. Because I also mm-hmm. found out that no matter how good you are, uh, you, you you know, no one's irreplaceable. Um, you can get to a point where... Uh, you can garner and achieve so much in terms of respect for what you do. That, that, that lasts. So I'll take that. Yes. Yes, it does. And just by that answer alone, you made my heart dance. Oh, your experience. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> your, your experiences seriously are all over the place. And I am just, mind boggled by how wonderful they are and you sharing them just touches my heart your light in the world really touches me by just listening to that answer alone fabulous oh, thank you thank I you mean I that. Just, oh i you I, know I, I i'm feeling the love sis it's, it's a good thing it's all beautiful yeah the biggest you know. thing to me is is that you know ever since i was a kid coming up in my my family it would uh go about and you know I'd learn lessons along the way but the one of the biggest things especially in particular with my mom who was a career educator was to always work to pay it forward the things that you do yeah. you have to do at an exemplary level even better than your peers in part because being a black man being born in on the, in America in particular uh, mm. has had its disadvantages and I was told that it wasn't about me wallowing in the disadvantages as it was being able to overcome them by just maintaining my being myself, using my abilities and such to let that speak for me, uh, to let the talent come through. And I've learned hard lessons along the way in, in getting to that point. But um, this has just been now at this phase, especially with this latest thing with this bout ahead with COVID. Uh, yes. I am, I am filled with more gratitude and appreciation than ever. And yet I realize how short life can be and how important it is now to, to, push to the next level with the music that I've always had in me. I've got a lot of compositions more to write. I've got a lot more chops to build up and a lot more concerts to do, uh, starting with by around the end of July, uh, getting back to my YouTube channel again and doing some more performing. And from there also by midsummer, releasing the new album, uh, which, which I'm really, really excited about. It's got, uh, five original compositions, two of which were done by my friend and partner, Becca Patterson, who has been mm. just wonderful in getting the word out about my condition and such. And she, along with another former voice student of mine, Nadine Mansour, um, mm-hmm. put together the fundraiser that has been really doing well, you know. And, and these are things that, you know, it's, it's kind of just, once again, uh, restored more of my faith in humanity. And, you know, people do it under different guises, whether they're using their faith or their religion or whether they're just doing it for sincere appreciation, admiration, and love. And all of which is the same thing to me. I appreciate everything that's 
that's been given and the way that people have come about to give it because in all honesty, you know, it's, 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 it's been wonderful. It's been wonderful to have so many people care about you and, and know that the things that I've done in paying it forward, you know, they've been received well. Yes, they have. So what is the name of your current record that you're promoting? What's the name of your current album? The new one is called uh, Ron Wilkins Trombocalist. And wow. uh, I got the name. I got the name from vocalist from a friend of mine who used to live and work in San Antonio. Um, hmm? Tom is it Tom Warsdale. Um, he had come out to some of the gigs that I was playing, which was catching me singing and playing. And we had had discussions about the whole uh, musical connection in terms of the voice and the instrument. And it was just, uh, it, it's, yeah, it, it's you know, it, it, it struck a chord haha, with me. How gotcha. how how things like this can come about where you can go ahead and work on the concept of being able to take anything that you sing and then put it onto an instrument and do that exact same thing. The challenge itself can at times be daunting, but the other thing was that, you know, being able to go ahead and have uh, the the talent to be able to hear it and to put it together, uh, it's made a huge difference. Yes, I see that. Who or what I was going to ask, who or what inspired you to go into music? Oh, boy. Well, you know, <laughs> it started off when I was a kid. I was singing in church, in my family's church, by the time I was five years old. And uh, and everybody liked my voice, you know. And, you know, being that old and such, and I was getting all, sudden, all the attention between you can sing. And, you know, growing up in the Black Baptist Church, in the Southern Baptist, you had to walk around heaven all day, as the quote went. Uh, so... You know, it would be getting up early and going to Sunday school and then church service. And at one point, uh, I would I would be asked to get up and sing uh, one or two or three different hymns. And, uh, you know, I mean, that, that, that gave me a, a concept and an idea that I had something that I could do that people enjoyed. And, you know, it's like when you're a kid, all of a sudden you get all this attention. And you're like, oh, yeah, I can sing. I can do this, blah, blah, blah. But then all of a sudden, when I came to be around 12 or 13 years old, my voice changed and broke. All of a sudden, it was like, oh, you're, you're yeah, well, you know, this is going to happen. and uh, You just can't sing the way you used to. So uh, I had to kind of learn how to first deal with that and then be able to go ahead and continue doing it. Um, and, you know, it, it, it took a little while because as, at that age, you're still traumatized and going through all the changes. Um, but I was able to go ahead and get to a stage where um, I was still able to go ahead and pick up a trombone and then eventually use my voice again. So now, you know, I've I've got this interaction that's been going on with um, the way I think, the way I sing, the way I speak, and then when I pick up either a bass or tenor trombone or a tuba or a baritone horn or play on a keyboard, um, I'm, I'm hearing exactly what I'm thinking. And to be honest with you, if I can say this, some of that shit is wild. Oh, my goodness. I'm intrigued about something. You have performed yeah. in one of the most beautiful cities in the world, I think. You have performed in New York City. What is the best part about playing in New York City? I have to know that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. That's kind of hard to narrow down. Um, I'll tell you the first three thoughts that came to my mind. The first thing, number one, was the people. Because uh, yeah. there are some amazing musicians there. 
and you kind of have to work your way through to get to be heard and known. But the thing is, is that I found like some of my heroes, guys like Joe Lovano, um, Wycliffe Gordon. Uh, oh my gosh. Um, uh, Boris Kozlov, who was the, the leader of the Mingus big band. Um, of course, uh, Scotty Barnard, who I'd known for years, who's not a leader of the Count Basie Orchestra. These are people who I knew about and had, had you know, grown to call as friends who were at these, these levels, and I would be able to then now play with them off and on on a regular basis uh, because of my, my being in New York City. So that's the first thing. I mean, to me, it's like the, the, the people that I met there who you would consider to be unbelievable artists or that they're so talented, they're this and that. They're just people like all the rest of us. And yes, to me, that was one of the best things because we all related on on the level of music. But it wasn't about how you good you've done or how this and that. It's like, yeah, man, this is what we do. So let's hang out. Let's have, sit back, have a nice, uh, you know, a nice bottle of scotch. And just, just, you know, get a little jam in. You get to play a little bit. Get to just, you know, egos, egos are left at the front door. It's just a hang. So, I mean, number one, the people. Number two... Just the music. Oh, my gosh. Every night you can find just this huge, huge variety of anything you want to listen to, anything you want to hear. Major artists, uh, unknown or unknown, uh, local, regional, national legends. Uh, it's just, you know. And for me, of course, the jazz side of it was like, that's, that's, it's a hub. You know, mm-hmm. there's at least seven different jazz clubs that I could name off. Uh, in particular, the one that I was working with the most, which is Birdland, and I was playing regularly every Friday with the Birdland Big Band. Um, right. Did that for about two years before I ended up coming down to Texas to play a show, and then ended up getting sick with COVID. Uh, but um, the music that would be number two because there's there's no place like it that has that type of music everywhere. And I've been right. to Tokyo. I've been to Paris. Uh, I've been to Germany, I've been to Switzerland, and there's phenomenal music there of everything from the regional and local heritage and traditions to uh, just amazing how much jazz has spread across the world and still appreciated uh, even more so in Europe still to this day than in the United States. It is. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. N- number three, um, being in Austin now, it's cool because it's a great place for me to recover and to get my chops on and to get ready and such. Cause I figured that I'm gonna give it about a year to two years here and then get back to New York again, because it's the energy. Yes. You get, it takes a minute there, but you get used to a pace where you're playing. And at times you're working with three or four different bands in a day. Um, and you know, you're out by maybe around eight or nine o'clock. You uh, go work with one band, you do a rehearsal, you play with another band uh, you get a little break time in. You go ahead and do something over at the union where you're rehearsing. And then in the evening, you're either playing a jam session or you're playing a gig over at one of about 100 different, like, historical sites throughout New York City. And then there's the work upstate that goes on from there as well. But it's the energy. You just get yeah. buoyed by it. To me, it's like, you know, you can sleep and breathe that shit. It's amazing. Yes, yes understood. So understood. Yeah. those are my big three. <laughs> and so. what a wonderful answer that is. I'm I'm excited. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So what is 
I have to ask this. What is the best compliment that you have ever received about anything you've done so far? Wow. You know, you sent me this list of questions, and that one was one in particular I had to really sit back and and, and take in. Mm-hmm. Um, whew. I, I'm going to go to one of the early ones because this one to this day sticks with me. I mean, and there's been a lot of others. From, from jazz legends and icons and, and all that stuff, but it was back, and this started back when I was in middle school because uh, yeah. I was at uh, Kruger Middle School in San Antonio, uh, mm-hmm. fresh from coming from across the tracks and now in middle school, uh, being one of the very few black kids in a, in a mostly white school where the education level was higher, uh, mostly because they got more than what we had back over on the east side of town. Uh, I'm glad to see with the protests going on now that people are starting to become more aware of of the inequities that have been put upon us in society. Um, but anyway, with that said, um, I, I'm sorry, go back to the question again. What is the best compliment that you've ever received on anything you've done so far? Thank you. Okay. Um, anyway, I'm in middle school at Kruger and uh, the band director there at the time was this gentleman named Al English, who was a bit of a music legend, not only in education, but also as a performing artist. Uh, came from a family of musicians. In fact, uh, his brother, Paul, uh, is, is well known throughout Houston as well as nationally as a phenomenal keyboardist, uh, everything from jazz to soul and R&B and such. But anyway, I went in with the idea, because here I was as a kid, not having had music, formal music training, uh, through elementary school, but came up all of a sudden figuring that I had some rhythm and I could go ahead and play drums. So I went in and the director was very nice to me and said, what do you want to play, young man? I said, I want to be a drummer. I want to be the best drummer. And he said, great. Not, you know, I didn't know this at the time because I'm only, what, 10 years old. Um, but he'd already had a ton of kids who came in and auditioned on drums. So he gave me this rhythm test, which still to this day uh, causes me to have to work at it. So it's a shout out to him. The rhythm test at this time was you have to be able to tap out a whole note with your right foot, half notes with your left foot, quarter notes with your right hand, eighth notes with your left hand at quarter note equals 80. One, two, three, go. And I had to start off with the feet first just to get those together and then putting together the hands, which then by that time I was all over the place and I was just a mess. Needless to say, I was pretty upset because I didn't pass the rhythm test. And uh, I ended up being a trombone player, which was so fortuitous as to what put me onto this track now. But uh, I saw him maybe about 15 or so years later after I'd gone through with a lot of undergraduate study in the Air Force, and I was at a Texas Music Educators Convention. And um, I got to see him there. And he came up to me and he says, Ron, I've heard so much about what you've been doing and everything you've done, and I just want you to know I'm proud of you, but I have to tell you this. You realize that when you're in middle school and you came to me wanting to play drums, I had to give you this rhythm test because I already had a gazillion drummers lined up, and I just didn't really need any more drummers. He said, but, you know, and I know that that was probably a bad thing to do, but the thing is, is that I put you on a trombone because I really needed kids who could play trombone. I figured you'd do that. He says, but 
with that being said, little did I know that the young boy that I ended up fooling to play on the instrument would become not only one of the greatest musicians I've ever heard on it, because Mr. English also played trombone, but he then said, but better than even I could conceive of in my wildest dreams, and I'm just so proud of you. And I, I just broke down and cried. You know, it's like all of a sudden everything for me being a 10-year-old kid to where I was then at that point where I was around my mid-30s, and um, I still get choked up about it. To me, that's that's about the greatest compliment that I could have ever received and and to this day the most lasting. That brought me to tears yeah. for just a moment. Wow. Well, <laughs> that is an amazing story. You, you've you got right? your I, – I got to have you again because, um, sure. you know, at, at a later time as well because you truly have some wonderful stories to tell here. It's a thrill to be listening to you. <laughs> Thank Seriously. you. Listen, next time next time I'm on with you, I'll make sure I have my horn handy. Yes, we can absolutely. Go ahead and we, can get a little, we can get a little jam in. I'm just getting yes. my chops back on now and practicing, and it feels good, but I'm having to pace myself. And tonight was a night where I got to take some downtime and visit with a friend of mine in, uh, in Austin and mm-hmm. uh, just had a wonderful time of it. So now I'm just so relaxed. It's it's just great to get on here, but I would love to go ahead and like do a little playing for you and uh, and uh, your yeah. listeners out there. And, oh, absolutely! Uh, you know, we'll have a good time. You have to sing yep. though. Yeah, we just we, we just less than a minute to go here. I just want to say thank you so much for calling in on the show, and I will feature you again very soon. What a wonderful Thank opportunity you. it is and has been to to reach out to the wonderful Ron Wilkins. And please tune in to all the platforms when it comes down to podcasting. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And thank you, Mr. Ron Wilkins. You are a true trooper. Thank you so very, very much for calling in. What a joy oh, it was. All righty. Yeah, this is the Gypsy Poet signing off saying ideal for now, but please be sure to catch this show on the archives. And you can also find it on iTunes Music. Um, you can also find it on iHeart.com. You can find it on Spotify as well as Pandora and anywhere podcasts are accessible. Uh, thank you all so much for tuning in. And, Mr. Ron Wilkins, I could just give you a big old virtual hug from where you are right now. Oh, what a- I'm feeling it. Thank you. <laughs> And we will do this again, I swear. What a wonderful event has been. Thank you so much. And good night, all. And this is the Gypsy Poet signing off saying adio for now.